are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, I want to thank you personally for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Locked On Louisville is free on all streaming services, five days a week, all Louisville, all the time. It is a Woman Wednesday, if you will. We have Cardinal Sports on co-founder Jeremy Woman on the show for his weekly appearance. What's going on, 55? There's not much going on right now. You know, my wife left me, so I'm pretty oh, torn gosh. up about that. Uh, and also, I just want to let you know, I'm going to give you give you about three quarters of an effort, but at the end, I'm just going to peter out and just uh, let you take over. <laughs> so um, today we're going to kind of do a little bit of a of a general overview, kind of looking forward to the latter half of the season for Louisville. We're going to give our win and loss predictions for the final six games as a collective sense. We're going to transition into focusing on those games as a whole, talking about is there a number of wins total that Louisville needs to reach for this to be deemed a successful season? Um, you know, why or why not? And then finally, we will dive into, you know, continuing the overall sense and focusing on where the program is at in year three. And if it's living up to personal expectations, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Before we get into that, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst and also do some PA announcing work for various global sports. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore and the podcast Twitter pages at LO underscore Louisville. So the Cardinals sitting at three and three after two losses to a combined four points. Um, a very tough part of the schedule coming up, in my opinion. But I want to kind of get your idea because I know that you had Louisville at eight and four, you know, preseason and, you know, even as far as, you know, the win against Florida State, you still had them in that range with two losses in very winnable games. Has that eight win? I mean, winning five out of the last six isn't impossible, but it, I, you know, I would argue that it's very difficult to do. Are you still, you know, sitting on that eight win pendulum? Um, you know, me, I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to get 10 wins this year. Uh, no, uh, How about that? uh, that's not possible. No, no, it is possible because uh, I mean, if you're winning at all, I mean, I forgot you win the bowl game as well. Yeah, yeah, you win the bowl game. You, you, you're probably if you win the rest of your games, you're probably sitting in the conference championship too. I mean, come on, Dalton, have some faith. No, I mean, I'm no longer eight, eight and four because let's just face it; those two games were two games that I had us winning, and it it just it it's not play. And the most maddening part about this is you look at the six games, and if Louisville can play four quarters of football, like they if, if they can have, if we could have had a fourth quarter that matched the play in the first three quarters of, of that game, or three quarters from the Florida State game, or we're only about three quarters of the way, uh, no pun intended, of a full game. But if we could play the way we had been for three-fourths of the game, all four quarters, we could – sweep the rest of the schedule because there's not a great team left on the schedule. I know what y'all are saying. Uh, We're we're number eight in the country or whatever it is. You know what? 
uh, we're not going to get into that on this podcast. We may at a later time, but not impressed with the last team on the schedule. A lot of people are because they've not lost a game yet. But if you look at the games they won, there are questionable. You you can argue every one of those. Just like with us, we can very easily be one in five right now, or five and one. So uh, the frustrating part, like I said, is the fact that we can very, if we play to the best of our ability, we can win out the rest of these games. I only see three more wins left on the schedule if we get at three quarters of the strength. So. I'm I'm not as optimistic, but as everybody knows in sports, if you make the adjustments and you make the changes, the second half of the season can be vastly different from the first half. I don't have the confidence that that's going to happen, though. Yeah, I'm I'm really in the same boat. Theoretically, you know, in a perfect world, you know, Louisville has the talent and they've got the team to completely go nine and three. Like, I'm not saying they can't do it because, I mean, I guess stranger things have happened. But, you know, in an absolute sense, I'm not going to, you know, dive into that style of thinking. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think that there are three games that I have pinned right now. And I, I'm kind of interested. Um, I, I want to kind of identify the three that you're looking at it as possible wins. So just so you don't have to look at the schedule for those, you know, I don't know if you're looking at the schedule right now, Jeremy. Or no, I don't those, need to. I've got the schedule memorized. True, true Cardinal fan. But um, unfortunately, a lot of Louisville fans probably not aware of the final six. Boston College at NC State, Clemson, Syracuse at Duke, and then Kentucky for senior day. So the three wins that I had pegged in these were, you know, two of these were, you know, coming into the season, I was like, Louisville's going to win these big. You know, Syracuse and Duke, I still think that they beat Duke pretty handedly. Syracuse is a little bit of a different animal just because, you know, they played Wake Forest tough. Um, you know, this is a team that is a lot better than I previously thought they were going to be. Um, I think if you can win one of Boston College, NC State, Clemson, and Kentucky, then you get to bowl eligibility. And that was kind of your goal all along was to be in that six and six, seven and five range. So, um, you know, I think Clemson – Clemson, NC State, Boston College, all toss-ups. I think Kentucky's going to be a loss, but um, you know Syracuse and Duke being wins. So you know, are you kind of in the same line of thinking? Is that where your wins are coming from, or do you have a different combination? No, Syracuse and Duke, right off top, were were the two that I immediately was like, well, I don't have to look any further. Uh, again, the frustrating thing about this is that. We are better than NC State. We are better than BC. And I know you're pretty high on the team down the road, but even the, the FPI only has them at 52 to 48, a 52% chance to beat us. I think we can beat them big, but I just, I don't, if you ask me to put my money on a team, there's not one team left that I can tell you for sure we're going to beat. That's if sad. I had to, if I had to, guess and just with our 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 strengths i'm gonna go ahead and say it. the last game of the season that's the third game we're gonna win so we're gonna we're gonna win win out is what you're saying beat syracuse beat duke beat kentucky yes i mean i, I don't think it's impossible and i think that that's probably the one thing that's uh you know the small positive in all this is that there isn't a for sure loss in the last six games I, you know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Clemson would be in the position they are to where when they come to Cardinal Stadium, there is no guarantee that they're going to win. I would have called you crazy. I would have said it was blasphemous. But you know, at the beginning of the season, Dalton Pence. What's that? 
What did I say at the beginning of the season? The, Dude, I don't even remember what you said last week. You, yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I mean, you did say that. I mean, oh, it's, the, it's, in, it's in print. It's in our preseason predictions. I said we're going to win eight games, and one of those eight are going to be over Clemson. So, I mean, if I'm, you I'm, get it right, all props to you, man. I really hope you're right because you know a win against Clemson. I don't care how bad they are. You know, just the win over the name. I mean, the, this fan base is looking for any glimpse of hope, and you know that could be one of the. Um, you know, one of the areas in which that would happen. Uh, yo, very quickly before we move on to the next segment, for the fan base's sake, if you could pick three wins, you know, you know, regardless if you know three wins theoretically, you know, of your choice in these last six games, who would it be? That's really easy. It would be Boston College because we need we need to get back on the winning track. It would be Clemson because we haven't beat mm-hmm. them yet, and it would be them. Yeah, down the road. I'm not gonna say anything. It would be the last team on our schedule. Yeah. That would be the three. Yeah. I, I would pay those three to lose to the other three any day. I agree. And you get the bowl eligibility. You know, no one's more the wiser. I mean, six and six to six and six at the end of the day. So um, I want to talk about, you know, kind of transitioning just a tad, uh, switching mindsets, switching, you know, viewpoints and asking ourselves what your or what win total is if there is one. Or even if it's not a win total, maybe it's, you know, something that happens or something changes with Louisville that um, can allow Louisville to have a successful season in the eyes of most of the fan base, if that's even possible. We're going to talk about that just in a second, not before we talk about our friends down at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic, which if you're listening to this podcast, good chance is you are. You're going to love this opportunity. I have absolutely fallen in love with it. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players as well. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So basically, you'll pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's you versus the projected numbers. So you can you know, use a mixed sport entry of you can take the over on Kawhi Leonard and combine that with the under on Najee Harris, which you should. Um, but you can also use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and it's safe and offers fast withdrawal. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So we're continuing to talk about the overall sense of this six-game remaining schedule for the Louisville Cardinals. I want to kind of shift gears, talk about, what does Louisville need to do to make this a successful season as a whole in these last six games? If there is anything that can be done, is it a win total? Um, you know, obviously, if Louisville wins out, you know, it's, it's going to be a successful season. But I want to, you know, get realistic. Is there a certain win? Does, does Louisville need to win out to have a successful, you know, season? Is it, you know, more so inclined on the defense improving? Is it a mixture of both? I will say the fan base is extremely deflated right now. So I think whichever it has to be, you know, it's got to be something drastic, right? Right. And that just that depends on on whose perspective of successful because to the fans, they're ready for all due to be booted. So if we win six games, he ain't going nowhere. No. It, so put it in it, your perspective. Like if you were 
if you were being asked, okay, Louisville has to have, you know, Louisville is going to have a successful season. The reason it being, you know, X, Y, Z, what are those reasons? Bowl game. Like, bowl game was, was my goal at the beginning of the season. Uh, after the past two seasons, that, that, that when we entered this season, I, as, as good as I thought we were going to be and as good as I still think that we are, uh, we've just had some things hindering us. The bowl game was what, what I was going to judge this. So six win total, that, that's where I'm judging as a success, successful season. You made a good point on the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. Uh, for, first of all, you can check that out um, on cardinalsportszone.com, just released on Monday evening. A lot of good talk. Um, you can hear us venting, so go check that out. Um, I think you made a really good point on the show, Jeremy. You said, you know, we – we make these predictions and then we lose sight of them, you know, even though the predictions aren't necessarily proven false yet. Like, you know, for instance, if you, you know, predict Louisville to go six and six and now they're three and three. So, you know, theoretically all they have to do is win half of their games, regardless of how tough the schedule is, it's still possible that you get to six and six. And there's a lot of people still ready to, okay, we're giving up on the season. Well, why? I mean, you're not one in five. You're not like Florida State right now. You literally are three and three. Yes, it's frustrating that you're not five and one. Four points separate you between that. But you, I mean, it that's it happens in the season. You win games, you lose games. We weren't gonna go undefeated this year. Yeah, and you're right. I, I normally do make good points on that show, so I appreciate you uh, <laughs> giving me my flowers while we're here on the air. You're but welcome. All jokes aside, you make a prediction. Even if we were sitting here at two and three, there's still a chance to be six and six at the end of the year. So, how do you? Th- how did you think you were going to get to six and six? Did you think we were going to lose six in a row then win six? Did you think it was going to be two, 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 two? Like, what was what was your mind frame? So, to me, it's like. We still have a chance to hit pretty much everybody but Higgy's projections. He thought we were going to go twelve and zero, and that oh. didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, looking at the, looking at the schedule, I had us when I when I did the eight and four, I had us losing to I had us losing to Ole Miss, and then I had us losing to uh, gosh, oh. Ole Miss, Wake Forest. Then I had a, I had a, fl- uh, a flip them game. Either we were going to lose NC State or Virginia, which we ended up losing the Virginia game. And then I had us losing to the the last team on the schedule. So I mean, and it's, that that can, you know, it, it's just I, I don't like that everything we have to be undefeated every week mentality, and that's what it is. If you lose, you're the worst. I've watched Louisville Twitter implode and then be jubilant by the end of the game. It's like, oh, we're the worst team ever. Our defense is the worst. Interception on back-to-back plays. Our defense is awesome. Run down the field on us, just diddy bopping down the field. Oh, our, our defense sucks. So it's like you, it's, you can't have that kind of a mind frame. And, I mean, you can. You're allowed to do whatever you want to. It's exhausting, it's though. It is exhausting, and to be considered a logical uh, person, you have to weigh in on the grand scheme of things, the big scale of everything, and and that's just not a smart way to do it. So as long as you didn't predict twelve and zero, I mean, heck, right now, what 
We have how many games? Six games. Six last games. Year? So even if you had nine and three, you're technically three. still not wrong. You might not. It might be probable, but yeah. And I think, and I think the reason behind a, a lot of this, and it kind of, there's a lot of parallels to 2019 as well, because you know 2019, the you know, outlook was obviously and righteously you know, lower. I mean, there are people that had the cards. You know, I personally had them had us at six and six because I believe that there was talent on this team, uh, but there were a lot of people four and eight, uh, three and nine, five and seven, and then when we end up going you know, what, seven and five in the regular season, you know, there are people that were, you know, like, oh, we're, you know, we're obviously still not good. We got blown out to Kentucky. I'm like, what did you expect? We have absolutely shattered expectations. And we ended up winning a bowl game. You know, there, there's just some people you cannot please regardless of what happens. Um, and I think it's some of that – On social media. Yeah, well, the thing about it is, is – there, there's also whenever you see that, you know, the possibility of the team exceeding your expectations, I think personally your expectations unintentionally shift, you know, for, for a lot of people. There's a lot of people that think like that. You can, you know, judge it based upon social media. I want to bring up a, a scenario and you tell me if this constitutes a successful season. Say the cards go five and seven, but they beat the team down the road and the defense shows a little improvement in terms of the passing area. Is it a successful season, although they didn't make a bowl game? No. Absolutely not. I mean, anything I – under, under, We've talked about this before. The three seasons that he's been here are, are so oddly similar, it's crazy. The first season, we've got a lot of good bounces against Virginia. Um, Wake against Forest. College, got a favorable call against Wake. We, we, we won a couple games that because we were out there and everybody said, oh, it's our clutch gene. And I'm fine with, with, with chopping it up to that. We won those games. But those same games we won his first year, we lost all of them the next the last year. And now this year, it's like every other game. So it's kind of like a mixture of the first two seasons. But I do think in order, and people are going to be like, ah, I hate you, Jeremy. But I feel like any coach – should be given at least five seasons to get all the old players out, all of his new players in, and show improvement. We are in season – we are two and a half seasons into what I would be okay with. I mean, other teams, even one in this state has shown if you stick with the coach and let them install their philosophies and get comfortable with families and recruit for the long term, you have success. Regardless of how much what's said, you can have success that way. And I think the only reason that people are ready to just get rid of him this quickly, it, well, not only two reasons. One, he's not very keen on recruiting local talent, and that has to change. And secondly, he openly, like he, he fumbled the ball majorly when he went to talk to South Carolina last year. I mean, Bobby went and talked to a different SEC team every week while he was here. And we weren't mad at him because we were winning and because he made it, you know, except for the one when he met Tommy Tuberville and them, uh, I think in Indianapolis, that one was, but we gave him a lot of crap for that, but we just happened to be winning games at that time. So we didn't care as much. So I, I think that's been his two biggest mistakes so far, uh, not recruiting the local talent and then not, uh, not uh, not being 
more honest when all that happened. He's pointing the finger at everybody else. And for it to happen, the way it appeared to everybody, it appeared like it was he was trying to do a money grab during a pandemic. So people are just done with them. I don't think I, – I know that the last couple seasons haven't been Louisville football, but it could have been worse. You know, do you all remember Coach uh, Crapthorpe? Like, it, it could have been worse, so – 100%. I'll end that right there. I know I went off on a little tangent there. But no, sometimes I think sometimes you need to. And sometimes I just got to lay it all out there. I, I'm going to agree with you. I, you know, wrapping it up, I think that Louisville needs to make a bowl game for this to even be constituted as a successful season. And even then, you know, um, you know, some other variables in terms of, you know, defensive improvement. I want to talk about, you know, the state of both the offense and the defense in year three, you know, and moving forward. Um, first, I want to talk about some opportunities that you have in the nutrition world with Built Bar, which has the best tasting protein bar on the market. This week only, there is a limited time flavor. The cookie dough chunk is out. I've tried it. It is fantastic. It is my new favorite flavor, just barely top, topping the salted caramel. But, um, you know, there's a couple different flavors for everyone from coconut to peanut butter brownie to double chocolate to cherry, et cetera. There's literally everything you could you know, want to taste and stuff like that. If you haven't tried all the flavors or you don't know where to start, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy as well. The flavors have anywhere from 17 to 18 grams of protein, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So do yourself a favor, go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order once again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So the final segment with Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Woman on his weekly appearance, I want to talk about the you know respective states of both the offense and the defense in year three of Scott Satterfield. Um, you know, my opinion personally, I think the offense is obviously having the best season it has had. Um, in a collective sense, maybe not individual talent-wise, but ultimately this offense is clicking. It's one of the better statistical offenses in the country. Malik Cunningham is playing his best football of his career. Um, but there are some things that you know have glaring concerns defensively. Um, where do we even start? Um, the passing defense has not improved all that much. Um, there is talent, you know, added talent into this program, but it seems like the schematics and, you know, the overall style of play may be hindering that a little bit. When you look at both of the, you know, side-by-side -side offense and defense, are, do your thoughts kind of mirror those? Or are you in a little bit of a different line of thinking? No, I think going into the season, a lot of us had the opposite. We thought the defense was just going to be top 15 defense. 100%. Dominating. Uh, and for the most part, we haven't been awful. I know all you need is one bad quarter every game for for something make something skew skew your view of it overall. Our 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 corners have been deflecting and intercepting, and they've not got burned a whole lot this year. And that's all you really ask for. Uh, our linebackers have have been again. We've had some tackling issues here and there, but for the most part, they played very well. But I, I think we thought going into the year the defense was going to be really, really good and the offense was going to be a typical Malik Cunningham offense. But it's ended up being the other way around. Uh, all we asked going into the year, and me and you both said this, was we wanted Malik to cut down on his turnovers, make better decisions, 
and improve every game. And he had a really, really rough first game, and everybody was ready to throw him in the trash can and, and yell Kobe as they shot him towards that way. <laughs> but uh, he has improved exponentially since then. and he He's been has, great, man. Yeah. Got two interceptions this year. I mean, he's – I mean, everything – you know, I gave him a lot of flack after that game yeah. against Eastern Kentucky. But man, has he shut me up! And in the four, you know, the four weeks, you know, since he's, I mean, he's looked great. But I, I mentioned that there's a glaring concern that you know there's a big elephant in the room is that we have no clue who Malik Cunningham's successor is going to be. At least, you know, to in my opinion, he's not in the room right now, and that kind of scares me a little bit because at, at that point you think of one of two things: number one, you have to hit a home run with a with a high quarterback recruit. And um, I, I don't think that this guy in this class is going to be able to come in right away and, and be, you know, the guy we need him to be. Or you go for a big-time transfer, and, you know, there's always some, you know, doubts whether you're going to land him or not. I know that Malik Cunningham could come back next year, but, you know, he's been in the year what? Is this, you know, year four for him? Maybe year, year five? One of the uh, two. This is year five. I mean, how much long, how much better can he truly get and how much longer is does he see himself here in Louisville? I think that's a question that, you know, is looming. I, well, you talk to different people. Some say he's going. Some say he's going to stay. I mean, if he doesn't stay, then, I mean, we're you know, all this offensive, you know, all this added offensive talent on, in the skill positions, it looks like we're st- taking a step back because we have to, you know, implement a whole new quarterback into a whole new system. Yeah, and I'm just trying to do the math real quick so I have this correct. So Malik this season is has a 65% pass uh, completion percentage, which for him, it, I think it's the best he's had his whole career. He's only thrown eight touchdowns, but the issue is he's ran for 10 more. So you have to factor that in as well. His interceptions are down. I'm going to go ahead and click on him real quick. He's, I mean, statistically, I mean, like he may not, you know, uh, you know, surpass the statistical numbers that he's had, you know, in his career, but he, it's the, it passes the eye test. He just looks so much more comfortable, you know, as a quarterback. I mean, he's always been a great athlete, but the fact that he has improved more as a quarterback has, you know, given them the opportunity to show out and get 10 touchdowns through six games on the ground. Absolutely. So right now his completion percentage is the highest it's it's ever been. He's on pace to beat his yards. Um, he's not on pace to beat his touchdown total, but everything his longest pass of his career was this year. He uh, was sacked 25 times his, his sophomore year, 28 times last year, and only seven times this season. Uh, his passer rating is – it's fairly decent, not the best of his career, but everything else is lining up. We'll see rushing touchdown, most rushing touchdowns of his career, uh, yards per carry, uh, highest for uh, his career as well. So, and he's not rushed the ball as much as he had before, and he's already eclipsed m- most of the other things, uh, most of his other stats. So I'm a, uh, yeah, I just I don't know how how that can, uh, can, can be an issue. Uh, the FPI is also predicting 55 to 45% that will be BC because a lot of the weaknesses fall into a lot of our strengths, but 
Yeah, it's just I thought at the beginning of the year we were going to have issues with our offense, and it's been the other way around. And we have, I mean, Stevie Wonder and Mark Rick both were sit, can sit there and see. And I know Mark Rick's not blind, but he is a little dumb. And he even he was able. I'm just kidding. He's a good dude. Uh, was able to say, got he clowned us and was like, oh, let me just rush three, rush three, drop eight, and. Uh, and really, that's the only reason that, that we've uh, – the the past three quarters that we've had that we didn't play well, that was a common denominator. That's the kind of defense that gave up the big yards. We've been complaining all season about the cushion being way too big and in against Virginia, against Wake, and against Florida State in that third quarter. We gave up a lot of big plays uh, because we refused to – to and the one thing I don't remember who said it last night, or no, maybe it was even my brother Joey today. He was like, "What happened when we we had four guys on the line in that quarter or in the second half? We got sacks, we got penetration, and uh, interceptions, interceptions. So what if it ain't broke? Don't fix it. Don't fix it. And definitely don't change it. I mean, you you made an adjustment at the end of that game or the end of that." quarter the end of the second quarter going into the third it worked and you went away from it i mean i i I just have a hard time truly justifying that other than you know you had a 17 point lead trying to protect it but i think that's another issue is keeping on the gas i mean if you have one of the best offenses statistically in the country you know game plan like you do i mean call plays like you do you know you're not you don't have an inferior offense that can't move the ball down the field i mean it's almost like we're playing not to lose rather than playing to win. And I think that that kind of is what irks the fan base the most. But, um, yeah. yeah. And, and we're, we're averaging, I think somebody said that we're in the top three or top five. I think it was me. Yards per play. I think I it was, was Mark. It was Mark. It was, I, I brought up a, the tweet is either Mark, I think it was Mark Ennis or Mark Blank, know, maybe one of the Marks. Yeah. The Mark said it. Definitely a Mark. Uh, it was Mark Ennis at that. So, it's just, well, let me ask you, let's turn the tables. I know this is your show, and normally I, I interrupt. Oh, go ahead. I mean, definitely so, conversation. You know, normally I interrupt you, so I'm going to continue that trend right now. But uh, so if you could do what if you could do anything to change, obviously, this prevent is not working. What would you do differently? If, if you could go to a uh, defensive coordinator, co coordinator Brian Brown, and say, hey, this needs to be done differently. What would what what would be your suggestion? I'm just div- I'm diversifying the pass rush. I mean, I'm not saying you can't you ever rush three and drop eight because certain situations you may want to do that. But I'm diversifying it. You know, I'm you know in certain situations, you know, I'm bringing Yasir Abdullah and in, in, you know more often than not, I'm allowing guys like you know Jack Fago, Marvin Dallas, you know, even rushing five at a time. Because here's the thing: we were told all offseason that these defensive backs have really grown. Kittrell Clark is one of the best defensive backs in the ACC. Let him prove that. You know, Chandler Jones and Grady Vance the same way. I mean, you're so scared of man-to-man coverage. When you have very, very good defensive backs, if you get beat, nothing's more the wiser because you're getting beat, you know, rushing three. So diversifying the pass rush, letting your athletes create plays off the edge, whether it's Yasir Abdullah, whether it's Fago, whether it's Marvin Dallas, just getting one of those guys in. That would probably be my thing. I mean, that's probably something that almost everyone in the fan base would say. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's, ba- it's basically it. But um, 
So, I mean, it's always great to have Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Wallman on. Before we get out of here, um, I want to give a couple quick shout outs to a couple different podcasts. The first one, as always, as I mentioned, Cardinal Sports Zone podcast that was published on Monday evening. Go check that out for all of you know, your weekly humor, but also good analysis at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, the Locked On ACC podcast. There's no better way to gear up toward the second part of this season without knowing your foes a little better. You can find out all that good information on that Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper, wherever you like to get your podcasts. That's going to wrap up this Wednesday, this Woman Wednesday edition of the show. Before we get out of here, I want to give Jeremy the floor to plug in his social media once again. If you don't follow him already, which chances are you probably do, but if you don't, you can find him where he's going to tell you and also any last parting thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not already following me, then either you don't know how to use Twitter, uh, you you, <laughs> you partially blind. I'm not really sure what the case may be, but go ahead. Smash that button on, on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Jeremy underscore CSZ. The site is at Card Sport Zone. Uh, Facebook, I don't know, a lot, a lot of people still use Facebook, but it's Cardinal Sport Zone, three separate words. Uh, hit that like button, make it Facebook official, and uh, tune in to the show. We, we normally have them done uh they're normally posted every Sunday night. We've had a couple things come up the last few weeks, but those will start to resume here. And as far as parting, uh, parting shots or final words, I just, I'm still not ready to throw in the towel like a majority of the people are. We have still been getting better every week. And it's not gotten to a point to where we're playing like we were in game one again. So until that happens, if we get blown out the next two or three games, then I'm, you know what? I won't say another word. I'll, if y'all want to pee and moan all over everything that happens, like like our guy Damon does, then go go right ahead. But I really feel like we're going to have a better second half of the season than we did the first. And at the end of the year, all these people that we're going to be happy that we're going to be losing the coach are going to be mad because Scott Satterfield is here to stay. He's not leaving this year. He's not leaving next year. Deal with it. There you go. That is, as always, a great treat. Must listen to podcasts with Jeremy on all the time. That's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the show. He'll be on every Wednesday, theoretically, hopefully, up until he just decides to call it quits, which hopefully isn't anytime soon. But that, like I said, it's going to wrap it up. Everyone, have Hold a great on, day. You know, I'm, I'm edging towards retirement a little by little. Done sent my wife out to <laughs> Minnesota to. to uh, Swimming a gold mine. So, you know, I might retire tomorrow. I don't need y'all no more. I don't like half of you. So, I'm kidding. Y'all know I love you. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.